Hey everybody, this is Pat Francis from the Rock Solid Podcast, and you're listening to P.F. Wilson's Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm P.F. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Mary Mack. Hey, some of your listeners are having problems sleeping. I'm on a service where I rent out them, and then he'll come and I'll stand next to your bed tell you about his fantasy football team for a while. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it only takes about five minutes and you're asleep. <laughs> For more from Mary in just a little bit, we have a song of the week coming up from a, uh, a new artist we've discovered named Oscar. He was the opening act for Vaccines in Columbus uh, a couple of weeks ago. We really dug his stuff. Uh, I think you will, too. So we'll hear that at the end of the show. And we have a, a special dumb bit to start us off. So it's a crazy busy week around these parts, and I, I know I say that a lot, but it really is this week because uh, Fangirl is graduating. The day this episode drops, actually, is her graduation ceremony from high school. So uh, it was a little hard putting the show together this week, and uh, I'm not even 100% sure as I'm recording this intro for the dumb bit if the show is actually going to drop. But anyway, I figured a, uh, a good thing to do for the dumb bit would be to dig back into the archives and in honor of Fangirl graduating. Uh, dig out one of some of my favorite fangirl bits. Well, I found one in particular I wanted to play for you. Uh, there were a lot of good bits she helped out with. You know, we did our uh, uh, top 12 millennium a couple weeks ago. We've done our uh, our top five of the years uh, in, in the past. But um, there was this time a couple of years ago when BuzzFeed released uh, this list, 23 songs every emo kid will know. And uh, well, I'll let you I'll let you listen to the entire dumb bit. This is from 2014, and I think this is the quizzential uh, fangirl bit on PS Tape Recorder. Fangirl is here, and uh, she's getting ready to go to a big party, actually. <laughs> and uh, But she decided to stop by and uh, review uh, this article you might have seen in BuzzFeed, and it was called, what exactly here? It's called 23 Songs Every Former Emo Kid Will Never Forget. And when, when Fangirl saw this, uh, well, she took a little exception to some of the choices. Uh, Fangirl, do explain. Um, my mom sent me this in the middle of school, and I just immediately burst into tears at how true <laughs> most of it was. Like, I was getting really <laughs> emotional in my English class, and... All day I was listening to just dumb songs like this that I listened to all eighth grade and then was now, embarrassed for for the rest of my life. What's really strange is uh, when the, the term emo, uh, I guess, refers to music mostly from the late 90s to early 2000s, mm-hmm. I guess. I guess it goes back to the uh, late mid to late 80s out of the post-punk movement, and I never really heard this term. The first time I ever heard it was when Owl City had Ocean Eyes out. And uh, 97X was still an internet station. And I said, oh, you guys should be, should be playing this. And the program director, uh, who I knew, said, uh, well, the, the, it's, it's nice, but the vocals sound too emo to me. And, and, <laughs> I didn't know and that. I, <laughs> and, I, and when he said the vocals sounded too emo, I thought of this. And I'm watching some men building a new house. And the guy hammering on the roof calls me a paranoid little weirdo <laughs> in Morse code. <laughs> The, the very brilliant Mr. Emo Phillips there, of course. And uh, if, by the way, boys and girls, if you like uh, the late Mitch Hedberg, if you like your Stephen Wright, if you like your uh, jokey jokes, in other words, set up punchline, do check out Emo Phillips. He's all over the internet. And uh, a lot of jokes, a lot of left turns in them, <laughs> but um, you will enjoy. Anyway, back to Emo music uh, and the 23 songs every former Emo kid will never forget. All right. Well, a lot of this is stuff with 
was the stuff that was just popular in the early 2000s like you could turn on the radio and you'd hear panic at the disco you'd hear Fall Out boy and that's that's still sort of true but it wasn't the norm like little j14 magazine would have disney stars right next to gerard way and stuff like that and that was just that was an era to remember but what i was surprised about was welcome to the black parade is nowhere on the list i know right let's Which, hear, let's want to hear a couple seconds of that yes here we go When I was a young boy, my father took me into the city to see a marching band. He said, son, when you grow up, would you be the savior of the broken, the beaten and the damned? He said, will you defeat them, your demons? plans that they have made Because one day I'll leave you a phantom to lead you in the summer to join the Black Parade So this like has a really super long intro on top of it. It's what the article does is they include the lyric that spoke gonna, to you. It's going to kick in here. And yeah. It's like, oh, was there, there a lyric from this that really... Yeah, that I was thinking of. And now in the radio version, they cut this part out. But it's the best part, so... <laughs> the snare drum and everything, like... Oh, I know, right? <laughs> this could be a whole song by itself. <laughs> Kicks along pretty good. Six minutes long, the uh, album version. <laughs> All right, so yeah, do you, some of you agreed with, some you didn't agree with. Um. Okay. Okay. Let's do this. I don't consider brand new or taking back Sunday an emo band, and they were both they were both featured a few times in the article, I believe. Okay. They're they're more pop punk to me. Like they're more who I could. I mean, I guess they're still Warped Tour bands, but they're more older, college Warped Tour bands, and this stuff I consider all, Maybe like, middle school, high school. Yeah, like, yeah, like, at Warped Tour, how all the bands that were going to be on Warped were talking about how honored they were to be to be going with Taking Back Sunday, because Taking Back Sunday kind of, like, fathered everything. Yep. So I guess I don't consider them emo. I consider them, like, college kid who listened to emo stuff in high school. Okay, so um, what, what would you what would you recommend be on the list? So beyond the list even though this is also kind of in the pop punk family i guess i would definitely have a date or member on there probably all signs point to lauderdale okay let's listen to that i hate this town it's so washed up and all my friends don't give a fuck they'll tell me that it's just bad luck when will i find where i fit in So this is one of those uh, It's the Damn Down songs. 
I know. That's why, okay, I feel like this damn town is so pop punk, but this one is just it really, is. An, it's more of an emo one. It reminds me of, if you're familiar with the Bo Burnham thing where he has that really vague love song where it's like, I love your eyes and they're bluish, brownish, greenish color because it could just apply to everyone. And that's what this song is. It's just, it's so vague and that's why everyone loved it because everyone could apply it. And I don't know. It's for, for those of a certain age, there was a big theme in movies years. And it may still be a theme for all I know where people, my wife noticed this once, where people would stand up, young people usually would stand up on the roof of a building in their town, look over the town and say, it's this damn town. They just yes. got at that damn town. Everything would be fine. <laughs> no, yeah, I remember because I, I was always a very happy emo. I was a very contradictory emo. And That's my friend fact. was always very, this damn town. And I was like, okay, I'll... All signs point to Lauderdale. I hate this town. They sold those t-shirts at every single show of theirs. It's not this town. It's just where you grew up and you're just sick of everyone. Like, it's not the town at all. The town's fine. Such an insightful emo. <laughs> you were. Okay, <laughs> what really else you got? <laughs> okay, um, this article I felt like cut out a lot of the, like, uh, petty screamo stuff. Like, the stuff that's not actually screamo where little girls would get insulted by metal fans for saying it was screamo. All right. And I kind of <laughs> accidentally converted my sister because I would listen to these songs so much. And the, the number one would be Situations by Escape the Fate. All right, here we go. Situations are irrelevant now. She loves the way that I tease. I love the way that she breathes. Like that Now, the layperson may be noticing a pattern here. <laughs> very soft start. I have this very calm thing to tell you. And now I'm going to scream about oh, yeah, it! A breakdown. That sounds exactly like all the other breakdowns. <laughs> um, I was emo back when Ronnie Radke was the big controversy. And this was his first band, Escape the Fate. He got kicked out of that band for being a horrible person. Started a new band. I met him when he was at his phase of the new band, Falling Universe. And he made an incest joke when I told him how much he's helped me and my sister become close. He's just an all around horrible person. But little emo me is like, no, he's misunderstood. We all are. <laughs> so I had like the posters in my room and the t-shirt and I, I loved him. I really, truly did. And looking back, I'm like, he has three teardrop tattoos. One means you killed someone. Why am I idolizing this guy? And it's because he was misunderstood, just like all of us. There we are. <sighs> in this damn town. All right. Yep. Okay. Um, completely opposite of the Screamo side, a lot of people in their scene phase got into like these little peppy ukulele bands. And I don't know how peppy ukulele got grouped in with this, but the poster child for the ukulele bands was Never Shout Never. Oh, yeah. We, we met them. And yeah. Never Shout Never. He's great dude. Um, when we saw him at the Journeys tour, Journeys is a very emo store also. Yes. He said he's completely clean except for weed because that's not a drug. Yeah. We oh, that's my like, sister to this. And then we, d- we talked about it on the show. We did reviewed the concert and we said that's uh, like yep. someone saying, I'm not a racist anymore except for black people. Yep. <laughs> Basically. But I don't like them. For some reason. Yeah. You could be listening not, to all this, this hard screamo yeah. and then you got wrapped into Never Shout Never. And so right. this is Cheater Cheater Best Friend Eater. Yeah, you sure broke my heart last week when you said you had slept with him. I know you called. 
Messages for missed calls you still slept with my best friend. Yeah, you sure got a lot of nerve to say. And when we saw uh, Never Shout Never, he dedicated a song to producer Lizzie because she she made a request. What song did she request? What is love? What is love? Because he wasn't uh, planning on doing it. And when you listen to bands like this, at least unlike the bands I listen to, can't change their set because they're all programmed into the sequencer or. Uh, the drums are running on tape, like OMD. Um, you can you can change your song set, and so he did. He dedicated it to uh, Lizzie and to Fangirl. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, uh, getting back to the BuzzFeed list. All right. So number twenty on the list is Dear Maria, Count Me In by All Time Low, and I saw that and I was like, oh, that's so true. And then I just got a little offended because. I still listen to All Time Low on the regular. Like these are yeah. my babies, and they're still <laughs> growing, and they can't get grouped in with all of these like bands for youngsters. Like All Time Low to me is timeless, but that <laughs> timeless. <laughs> sorry, timeless. She's sixteen. It's timeless. <laughs> Seventeen. No, I was timeless because it's all time. All I time. know. <laughs> I'm with you. Anyways, but I don't know. I just thought it's kind of surreal. I think everyone has that one band that's kind of stuck with them from their scene phase. Like okay. we still listen, my mom and I still listen to Pierce the Veil on the regular. They're they're still good. We're that's still gonna be our playout song. I whenever I say I like all Tim Low, everyone assumes I'm still emo, and I struggle with that a lot. <laughs> like, um, a good friend of mine still loves Fallout Boy. Another one still loves Paramore, but but then you listen to well, I guess more mature music. But they're still putting out new records, and that that oh, last but record with Paramore, did. like number eight on the list, Misery Business by Paramore oh, okay. from Riot. Riot is the most emo album of all time. But they're still making. I mean, they're still having hits. I mean, but Fallout Boy, hits, not yeah. emo hits. Oh, okay, I'll That's see the, the difference. difference. There you go. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, Pierce the Veil, I still think is a really good band. I think that it's unfair that they get lumped in with all the emo bands like Sleeping with Sirens and Escape the Fate. They seem like nice kids. They describe themselves they as... nice kids. On a, we saw them on the Warp Crew and they said, we're a bunch of Mexicans from San Diego. They, and yep. I love when bands are self-effacing like that. It's so <laughs> funny. They um, broke the no pictures rule to take a picture with Lizzie's baby doll when we met them. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The band, band baby, the doll. If you've listened to the show for a long time, Lizzie has this doll, of course, it has been signed by a lot of bands starting with um, uh, Hot Shell Ray. <laughs> yep, and the ready set. And the ready set. All right, okay. So uh, what are we playing out on then? Uh, Carafinalia is their number one hit. Pierce the Veil. All right. Hope you enjoyed uh, this uh, this adjustment of the BuzzFeed uh, look at the 23 emo songs that every kid will remember. And uh, we'll link to it on the Podbean page. And uh, here's Pierce the Veil to uh, play out of this bit.
This episode of PF's Tape Recorder is brought to you by Home Shirts Cleveland. For all of your Northeast Ohio vintage t-shirt needs, visit homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. You'll also find links to the original Cincy Shirts site, as well as Home Shirts Indianapolis, with more cities to come. That's homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. And this just in, go to any of our Home Shirts websites, use the code COMEHOME, all one word, and receive 20% off for a limited time. Now, on with the show. Mac of the Stand with Median, originally from Wisconsin, and she is married to Tim Harmston, a comedian also from Wisconsin, but they do most of their work in Minnesota and California. And here now is our interview with Mary Mack. Interview in, so I, so are we doing it? We're doing it. Doing oh, thank goodness! I know for for city like a tradition. It really is for city pages and for the podcast, just like old times. Yep. Yep. Are you on record right now? Yeah. Yep. Oh. Things are rolling. Now, does this part go on your podcast or does it go? Sometimes I might fade it in like oh. Marin, like Marin does with his when he turns on the mic and he'll kind of just fade into the interview, and sometimes I'll start off with the official, you know, joining us on PF State Recorder, mm-hmm. it's Mary Max. It all just depends how it how it sounds. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, well, cool. I'm trying to think of new things to talk about. Um, you know the current situation with acne, right? Oh, yeah, that, was, that story just broke. In fact, we haven't really talked about it on the podcast. Uh, for folks not in the know, um, yeah. there's been a... Do you, you want to explain... I'm, I'm listening to the latest on it right now okay. on uh, Lewis Went On Talk Radio. Do you want me to finish listening to this interview so I can speak more well, knowledgeably on I it? Can, well, I can update people. Um, I, apparently, okay. um, well, for those that listen to this podcast, know that the two best comedy clubs not on the coast, or perhaps even including the coast, are the Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis and, of course, Go Bananas in Cincinnati. And we'll get to the situation at Go Bananas in just a little bit. But um, Acme... <laughs> Too? Yeah, there is. They're not in trouble, but um, they're not getting enough butts in the seats, and they're a little worried because, you know, the club is a little out of the way. It's not in a central part of town. It's in a northern suburb. It's not that hard to get to, but people don't seem to realize what a real comedy club is versus maybe uh, one of the corporate clubs that we have in town. Which are fine. There's so many chains Sure, now. which, which yeah. are fine, but I think people uh, would probably enjoy themselves more at a place like Acme or Go Bananas than maybe a chain. I mean, yeah. or but some, but some good people go to chains. I mean, as far as uh, comedians go, uh, a lot of folks we know that are friends with the show do do the chains. But there's also a lot of great people that don't do the chains, and they are you know they go yeah. to places like Acme and Go Bananas. But uh, as we were saying, and this will drop uh, Sunday, so this is fairly up to date information. I guess some condo developer is that correct wants to build condos. In the building that houses Acme, or right next to it, and thus would take. No, all... it's yeah, it's um right next to it. It would okay. take up the parking lot, and basically, the situation in Minneapolis right now is development is out of control because uh, there's like this developer who is putting in luxury apartments um, across from Acme. He has two huge apartment buildings in the neighborhood already that aren't 
even rented to capacity, and he's um, already goes are for sale already. And so this guy comes in, sells sells things, gets out, you know. So it's like not he's not really invested in the neighborhood. And um, the the other problem is it's all rentals in Minneapolis, you know. Until recently, it was very affordable to rent downtown Minneapolis. Now we have like New York. More LA type rates, I guess. And, um, it's not condos because when you build a condo in, in Minneapolis, you have a 20 year obligation to the city over at safety and you're held accountable. So nobody, no, no developer wants to hang with the city that long. So yeah. they're all building luxury apartments, ah. which nobody can afford because there's only maybe like a five year commitment to the safety of that building. Yeah. And, and um, you know, it's just sad because Lewis provides, there's no drink minimum in the club. There's a night for free for anybody who wants to come and, and you know, see comedy for free on, on a Monday where they get professionals in for open mic and they get yeah. new people for open mic. They, they you know, and I've participated in charity events there, but they do good for the community. And, when these luxury apartments come in and they're they're renting for so much money, it's just like the city's becoming even more segregated. And we've already been in the news because of that for Black Lives Matter, you know. Yeah. And and it's like, what are we doing? And like everybody on city council, I guess they're they're there's a lot of lawyers, there's a lot of rich people on there. For, for the planning commission, it, it's and there's a lot of healthy people. They don't understand, you know. There's nobody who's going to come out um, dirty below in the winter and want to walk half a mile or more. No, not in that town. To, yeah. to go to the club. Yeah, and we're not where the skyways are. You know, it's just that's it, right. Yeah, in a historic district, and and this club was there before any of the developments in their 25 years. When I first started going to the club, it was the only thing in the neighborhood that, and it drew people to the neighborhood, you know, and it stuck with that neighborhood in hard times and um, couldn't do any development of its own because it, it did the city a service and occupied a space in a historic building, you know, to help, you know, keep traffic there, maintain it. It's just um, the fact that all of this Minneapolis is really um, crapping on its its assets and the, and the people who help build it. We've been losing a lot of local business, a lot of landmarks due to development. That even though these are often historical buildings or historical neighborhoods, the planning commission still lets them in. So, you know, you, you're watching the TV episode that obviously would be like a a money situation, or who's getting money in these situations because. They've already broken cold once, and and we got one more chance to to keep the building from from getting approved, and that's June twenty seventh at the meeting. And we also have a petition running. Okay. So, so maybe I could send you a link to that petition. Yes, that'd be great. So how could people find it though? That'll be listening because some not all people go to the uh, the podcast website. Most people get the podcast via iTunes. Uh, can people mm-hmm. go, go online somewhere and and, and support uh, local comedy? Yes, people can definitely go on um, 
Acne Right Now has it on their website, acnecomedycompany.com. And um, if it's not on there, it'll be somewhere on my Facebook page or any of the comics around town should okay. have it on their Facebook page. Okay, yeah. great. So, um, yeah, it's just like uh, Minneapolis is a nice town, but we're just losing. You know, I I keep coming back here. Like, I, I'll go and I'll work and, or spend um, part of the winter in New York or L.A., but I always come back because it's a livable town and it's a nice town, but... We're just losing our livability, you know, whether it's cost of living or accessibility for people who are sick or elderly and, and all that, you know. Yeah, it's strange. It's, it's people, like, it's like yeah. Indianapolis or Cincinnati or Cleveland where people like those towns because, like you said, they're very Midwestern. They're not, it's not all hustle and bustle. It's not, you know, all people yeah. in the business. And then yet they turn around and they want to do things that make them more like, you know, New York. Because, you know, Bill Maher's always on about how most of Manhattan now... The apartments aren't even occupied. They're ghost apartments because of rich douchebags that stay there for yeah. a month, and that's it. And the apartment's empty the other 11 months out of the year. Yeah, yeah. I know there's a lot of um, ghost, ghost apartments in Minneapolis, too, but somehow the city still lets them go up, so it's amazing. And the, the developer... You know, he's citing all these public parking lots in the area. And I was like, well, I've been going to the club for 13 or more years, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll drive around and there's yeah. public magic public parking I haven't seen. There is not. He, he just was throwing out numbers. And I, I took a video camera and drove around and there really isn't much parking. So if that, if that um, lot is occupied with bulldozers and whatnot for a year, then it's it's done. The club won't, won't be able to survive there. Yeah, because it's really, so, you know, a, a low-margin business, uh, comedy clubs. Mm-hmm. Cause like I said, because you're in Cincinnati. Yeah, Cause, yeah, cause in Cin- uh, yeah they, you don't... Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so that's what we're dealing with. And, and um, I, I, you know, just got back from the winter doing other things, and I was just really sad to hear that. And just disappointed in Minneapolis that they're letting all these modern pops go through this struggle and that nobody would have approached um, Lewis about this. You know, if I were building a business in any area, I would have introduced myself to my neighbors. But if you're rich enough, I guess you don't have to do that if you come in with a building and you're already getting through all the codes that would have kept you out, so... Um, but this is depressing for for uh, interview, is, isn't for, it? For like, comedy pocket. But then again, <laughs> comedy comedy is probably want to know, uh, you know, what what's going on yeah. and what's the latest from someone who's you know known the club for a lot of years, as, yeah. as well as uh, your lunkhead husband, uh, Tim. Uh, how mm-hmm. how's he doing? Yeah, we met at the club. What was the question again? How is Tim doing? Oh, he's on the couch. We're yeah. home today. We we're. Uh, we should be panicked because it's Friday and we're home, but um, it kind of feels good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> How are you doing? Oh, my God. It's so depressing. What? He says he's waiting. He's doing good, but he's waiting for football season to start. Uh-huh. Um, P.S. Yes. Uh, in case any of your listeners are having problems sleeping, uh, I'm re- renting out Tim. I run a service where I rent out Tim, and then he'll come and he'll stand next to your bed and... Uh, <laughs> tell you about his fantasy football team for a while <laughs> and um, 
Yeah, it only takes about five minutes and you're asleep. Like, <laughs> my meds are halved. I hardly any medication needed. Boy, and it's, it's almost that time, too. It's hard to believe it's almost that time. We're going to start getting uh, our emails from the uh, from the websites that host those to sign up your teams. I think Yahoo's already started, so if you're having trouble sleeping already, really? yeah, yeah, they're already trying to get us to get, to get our league up and running already, and it's only, we're not even at the end of May here. So you're working on your fantasy football? No, not as yet. Well? Not yet. I will be though. I will be. I will be that guy. I'll be putting people to sleep too. If Tim can't make it, you can call me. Oh, you can be on my service. I can contract you out. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll be expanding. Good. Well, my first okay, podcast. Things was, are good to know. My first podcast was a fantasy football podcast, and I believe Tim might have even been on that. So I, had com- <laughs> I, I wouldn't doubt it. I had comedians on that likes yeah. fantasy football. I'm I'm pretty sure Tim was a guest at at least once. Oh, I'm ninety nine percent sure about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was how I learned to start podcasting. So it was something I knew. I didn't have to do any extra work. I just had to turn on a microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, yep. That's what I tell him. I tell him that. And, um, they tried it, tried him on some of the sports talk stations in town, but Tim's so polite. He can't get over it. In. Uh-huh. Uh, he likes with these announcers that are just so assertive. He's like polite, waiting for his turn to speak, and it's like, God, <laughs> is that really how it works? No. <laughs> he doesn't have that fight. Maybe, yeah, maybe he could have like a, a public radio sports talk. That would be interesting. Like, gen- yeah, call it Tim's Gentle Sports Talk. Oh, that, there you go. <laughs> you may be onto something. With the, yeah. Hey, don't take that idea because I'm already, I'm gonna pitch it. I'm working for public radio on on Sunday, so I'm gonna pitch it. I call. No, if anybody takes that idea, mm-mm, I'm, I'm I call it. Is that is that official enough? It is. I think we'll, we'll have it date stamped on the podcast here. Yeah, because Minnesota Public Radio is pretty. They do produce programs for NPR and other public yeah. radio networks. So yeah, you yeah. Might, you might be onto public something. Public radio is big here, and yes. uh, Wisconsin has great public radio too, and. So, like, uh, Minnesota, St. Paul, we have American Public Media, does That's a bunch right. of shows, and yeah. then Madison does a bunch of shows down there, too. Yeah. I think you're really onto something. So, you guys are, as I recall, you guys, uh, you summer mostly in upper Minnesota? You're away from the city. Summer? We don't, we're not rich enough to use the word summer as a verb. <laughs> 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 oh, we, uh... We sleep on couches in the woods and in my camper um, during the summer. Oh, okay. <laughs> and we tend, we get, we, uh, oh, this is, that's another new verb I picked up um, for rich campers, tenting. Um, we, uh, we just try to get out of the city and, and uh, enjoy the, the woods. And it's good for creativity. Like, we got a tour where we used to go around, um, around Lake Michigan, you know, and hit, um, you know, Minnesota, Wisconsin, hit Illinois, hit um, Indiana, and then Michigan, and come back through the UP. But I'm thinking about maybe just doing the UP, and that's how I got scheduled for, for that tour right now. I could I could get some energy and add some on, but yeah. for right now, I'm just really excited about doing um, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and then doing a show, taking a couple of days off to... To um, just you know camp, and then um, and then join another show. And so far, we have I think five or six shows lined up. So that'll be just kind of a nice 
relaxed hive, and people are real nice up there, and it's just gorgeous. So, um, looking forward to it. So, will Tim be with you in Minneapolis? Because I know sometimes he turns up and uh, is on stage. But is he? Uh, is will he be with you at, at Acme or no? He's going to host. So, in case unless oh, he okay. gets a better gig, he's going to host uh, during the week and work on some new material. Oh, nice. And then I have a yeah, it's great. And then I have a um, feature coming in, a middle act coming in from um, New York who's worked at the club before, but um, he's fun, and I, I like him, and I think people should see him. His name's Rojo Perez, and he lives in New York. And so um, the gal I brought last year, uh, Jacqueline Hillback from New York, is taping her half-hour comedy special this this um, um, weekend or next weekend. So I should... Uh, I should be a manager. I was going to say. I'm well, good at spotting people. But spotting people and coming up with uh, public radio show ideas. Oh, yeah. I got it. This is as long as I could get better at business. That would be be wonderful. I don't, uh, I kind of don't have any, I don't know why. I just kind of prefer to not have any management or, or I don't really work with many agents or anything. I'm a corporate agent, but I kind of do all the business myself, and it's not—it's—it's uh, it's too scattered. I should really have help, but um, you know, I depend on my corporates for money. So as long as I, oh yeah, um, keep so long as I keep not saying the F word, <laughs> um, I'll be fine. <laughs> well, you can—you so, can—you can say it on stage. Um. Yeah, so as long as I don't say it on stage. I just say it left and right when I'm not on stage. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't realize that. Um, no, I don't. I don't. But, uh, but yeah, uh, the weekend at me will be um, a good time. I don't want to focus on the... Um, it's really just like a reunion every year. I, I see people coming out. I get so many people from out of town. I'd say most of my crowd comes in from out of town. And some people... I've had people fly to Acme. I've had people drive um, from hours away and from different states just to come hang out at the club and and see a show. And I'm lucky enough that they chose my show to see. So it's always a um, a fun time and just to see who turns up during the week. Yeah, that's and cool. The food is amazing, and yep. um, it's just really. The, the managers are, are nice and great, and, and it's a, a female-friendly club, and um, I just really like that. And, and I never, I've often been told by other clubs in the past, it's now that the female contingency has gotten some press over the last few years, and ladies are doing so well, um, but it's, it's okay. But before that, I used to get clubs telling me, oh, we can't book you, um, we can't book you in May because we're already going to have a female comedian in oh, June. <laughs> this would be like seven months down the road. So, and, um, yeah, it's always been hard, but I've never had that problem at Acme. I, I one time was um, headlining maybe like four years ago there, and I looked at the wall where they show who's all coming to the club, and every comedian that month was a female comedian. Oh, that, yeah, there you go. And do people, are there, they come come back and see you from way back in the day when you first started? Yeah. 
Yeah, and they remember jokes and I, and I, that I have no recollection of. So then they ask, oh, remember this joke? I'm like, oh, I don't remember <laughs> that joke. And what, what seat was it on a CD? I'll ask <laughs> if it was. And I say, yeah, it was on the CD. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I don't know. I make the CD and then I don't listen to it anymore and I usually don't do any of the jokes anymore. <laughs> but, um, yeah, oh, hey, I have a new CD out. Can I plug it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Totally. Oh, thank you. Since the last time we spoke, I have a CD out called Pig Woman. And um, I have no, uh, I don't have any um, iTunes reviews yet. So I wonder if I could, like, strike up a deal with somebody to, like, review my CD and then get a free CD or something. How do people, usually people have fans that know how to work the internet, but. Yeah, I think um, there's a, a way. Of, yeah, the they can do that. people I market to don't even yeah. have computers. So. Uh, well, that could be a problem. Well, we'll get on that. We'll spread the word. We'll evangelize, as they say, and get people over oh, to go over yeah, to iTunes and, uh, and and review that. And uh, I'm glad things are going well for you and Tim. I uh, hope you guys have a lovely holiday weekend. And uh, we'll also get the word out about Acme and uh, try to get Thank that sorted you. and update people uh, when the, the, the vote is June 27th, you said? Um, that's the meeting, and then there's a petition, which I'll okay. send you the link to the petition. Sounds and, good. And um, the, com- the comments are wonderful on there, too. It's been good to read them. Cool. All right. Well, uh, thanks for doing this. Glad we got this. Uh, we were able to get this done. And I said this will drop Sunday, Thank and you. it'll be in the paper thanks, when, you're, yeah. when you're there this week. Okay, thanks. Very good talking to you again. Okay. Right. Are you really hanging up? I am. So I'm gonna, I have to call Mo Amer now. Oh, God, I didn't even really get to talk to you. Oh, I know. Uh, I'm on my lunch break. You're just complaining. Well, you should put this in the interview to show my sadness at not really (laughs) getting to talk on the phone. Well, next um, next time... All right, you're a busy man. I know you got to do writing, so uh, I'll I'll do some, too, thinking about you doing it. And uh, um, I'll talk to you soon, okay? Okay. Good luck with all bananas as well. Yeah, thanks, Mary. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Mary Mack for being on the show. You can catch Mary June 7th through 12th at the Acme Comedy Company there in Minneapolis. I'm going to cut the rest of the outro short and go straight to the song of the week because, like I said earlier, it's been hectic, very hectic here. Uh, Song of the week comes from Oscar He's a relatively new artist. He is from London. He it was the opening act when we saw Vaccines and Block Party. Um, many people thought Vaccines were supposed to be the headlining act, but apparently Block Party been around a lot longer. Uh, somehow they, they slipped under my radar. They've had uh, several top 10 hits in the UK, and uh, they've been around since 99, I believe. So, um, But the Vaccines were excellent. Oscar, the opening act. And it's always cool when you can discover a new artist uh, that is an opening act, and then you have someone uh, new to investigate and explore. And Oscar has an album out called Cut and Paste. Now, the single is called Good Things, and I was going to play that, but I like a couple of other songs better. One is called Beautiful Words, and one is what we call the power cut in the business. Uh, Power cut, uh, when there were records back in the olden days and tapes, the power cut was the first song on the side of the record or tape. And now that we have CDs, or that we did have CDs, then we only had one power cut. And now that everything is digital, there really is no power cut. Unless you're listening to the album in order on Spotify or wherever you listen to your albums from, I guess that first track still is the power cut. As is the case with this song called Sometimes. This is Oscar with our song of the week on PS Tape Recorder. So long and thanks for listening.
something left me 